Welcome to Overtime. This is Michael. I'm the teaching pastor for Elevate, and I'm so glad that you're listening to Elevate Retake. This is an Overtime episode, and we are tackling the topic, Try Community. If you haven't listened to the original conversation, you're going to want to go back and do that. It's called Try Community, where I talk with Raul Alvarez and Semu Siologa about what it means to be a community, particularly during the time of a pandemic. So check that out. Today's conversation is a follow-up to that conversation where we answer some audience questions. We dive deeper into what it means to have community. Raul, Semu, and I recorded this conversation over Zoom. So if the audio sounds a little funky sometimes, just bear with it. We've got some awesome content for you today, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Try community. I'm here with Semu Sialoga, who is uh, one of our pastoral interns at Keen. Um, Semu, go ahead and give a wave to everybody. <laughs> Switch so everybody can see everybody. And Raul Alvarez, um, he's one of our um, student pastors as well. And you guys are both graduating, right? That's right. Yes, graduating. Woohoo! Twenty. That's that's pretty exciting. <laughs> Ain't no Rona gonna stop you from getting that diploma. Diploma. Come on. Right? No sir. No sir. Hey. <laughs> Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to um, talk a little bit more about uh, trying community this afternoon. And so, Raul, why don't you start us with uh, a word of prayer? Let's do it. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us this awesome Sabbath that we have so we can think about you and we can rest in your name. Thank you for all the things that you have done um, through us throughout this whole week. And please, uh, remind us one more time that you created the Sabbath so we can rest in it and not, you did not create the Sabbath for, 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 for men. But, uh, you did not create men for the Sabbath, but, but the Sabbath for the men so we can think about you and rest your name. As we talk about uh, the topic that we uh, talk about in Elevate, I pray that you can open our minds and you can open the ears of the people so the message can go from their ears to their heart and they can have a heart change. Now, help us in everything we need, and please keep us safe, because we know all the things are happening out there. All I pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so we're in the middle of this series called You Gotta Try This. We're doing different messages on things people try, and this afternoon, we're talking a little bit more about trying community, and we left off today with uh, kind of the the idea, the, the invitation that we should try community not only within our church, but also be uh, inviting those who might not be inside of our church, inviting them to be a part of community in a kind of a, a non-weird way. Mm-hmm. So we had um, a couple of more questions came in that I wanted to hit on. Uh, and the first one was, and we talked about a little bit about this yesterday. So you guys will be, you guys will be ready for this, even though I'm hitting you with it um, sight unseen. The question comes, if my phone will load, here we go. If God himself is a trinity and they made Adam and Eve a community, how can we think that we are an island all unto ourselves? Yeah, uh, interesting question. And, um, you know, in the community or in God making us for community and the possibility of us, you know, um, thinking that we can do things by ourselves, you know, it all plays back to, the origin of sin, I guess, and uh, the origin of, of of one who thinks that they're above, you know, um, everybody else and that whole thinking. Of course, it's, it's, it's the enemy. And uh, the enemy is um, out there to 
uh, destroy and attack. And I believe that in these um, moments or in this uh, pandemic or during this time in history, in, in uh, Earth's history, where the family is, uh, you know, in, in God's plan, family is the nucleus. The, uh, to have community around us is a nucleus. And so I think um, the enemy is attacking this very aspect of uh, us uh, or uh, the, the ability to uh, understand and to know and, and to think that, you know, that, um, that we do need uh, others around us, that we can't do everything by ourselves and uh, that there is a higher power, you know, that we can tap into. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think the enemy is at, is, is at, is at work and, uh, you know, he's attacking the very nucleus uh, of happiness and joy that uh, we, we can experience here on Earth as a community. And that is, uh, you know, uh, attacking the, uh, I guess, the mentality of, of many who think that uh, it's by their own strength or they can do everything on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see that um, if we look back to community and if we, if we look back to creation, we can see that um, God created Adam and Eve because he knew that even though Adam was strong, he was mm-hmm. not going to be able to do things by himself, mm-hmm. which is crazy because sometimes we as men, we think that we can do things by ourselves. But even God, in the beginning, he's like, I know you're a man and all that, and you might be capable of doing things that require a lot of strength. But even though mm-hmm. you have all those capabilities, you're not going to be able to do everything by yourself. And that's why uh-huh. God gave Adam Eve. And, uh, and I, think, I think if we look back to, to creation, uh, we can see or remind ourselves that even Adam, who is our role model as men mm-hmm. couldn't do things by himself. What would make us think that us nowadays, you know, after seeing and everything we've been through, are able <laughs> to by ourselves, you know? <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. So like I was I was I was reading um I was reading a, a one of our I forgot, I think it was a history of redemption. Um uh, mm-hmm. one of the books from our sister Ellen Jui and she says mm-hmm. that uh, that Adam when, when Jesus comes back and we go to heaven, Adam is going to cry when he sees how humanity has become. Because yeah. we're not even we're not even half of what a man used to be back in the day, back in mm-hmm. back in creation. Well. <laughs> yeah. So like if Adam, who was the man of the man, couldn't do things by himself, what makes us think yeah. that we're gonna do we're gonna be able to do things by ourselves? We need that community. We need people. Absolutely. And I want to take us back to, um, to actually Genesis chapter one um, and chapter two. There's the, um, the whole time that God is creating the, the world, he gets down to the end of the day and he says, this is good. And he says, this is right. good. He gets down to the end of the day. This is good. Creates light. This is good. Creates water. This is good. Creates man. This is good. Blah, blah, blah. Gets all the way down and we come to Genesis chapter two, verse 18. And then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And what's interesting is God doesn't just show up to Adam and he's like, okay, Adam, uh, here's the deal. I'm going to make you fall asleep. I'm going to take a rib from your side and I'm going to create a companion for him. No, he creates an opportunity for Adam himself to realize his need for someone else. Mm. And so God says, Adam, go go, uh, go name all the, the animals in the world. And so Adam goes through and he starts naming all the animals in the garden. He goes name after name. And he notices as God is bringing these animals before him, every animal comes in a pair. 
or there's another animal that comes he's like maybe that's somebody because everybody else is i see like kinds of and i i don't have one that looks like me and right. he gets down to the end of it and adam um in verse 20 the man gave names to all the cattle to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field but for adam there was not found a helper suitable for him mm. and it's at that point that god causes the sleep to fall upon him takes his rib creates a helper suitable for him and we get the wonderful passage that the lord fashioned into uh, a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man mm. and the man said this is now bone of my bones flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she is taken out of man for mm. this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed mm. it's the first community it's the first family. Yeah. go ahead Simu. no i'll just, I'll just uh, add that it's interesting that uh, it wasn't so much adam that uh brought up the idea that he needs. He, of course, he probably realized that mm -hmm. he had no helper, but it was God. God is the one that put him to deep sleep. God is the one that made yes. God is the one that that um, came up with this, uh, came up with this aspect of, of needing community. It's not mm -hmm. just some man-made, you know, uh, thought process or some, uh, right. some man-made study. It's God himself who realized right. that. We as human beings, we, uh, we're going to need community. You know, like if we look back to to the Bible and to to the Old Testament, we can see that there is so much power in community mm -hmm. that even God had to come down when the towers of Babel. You guys remember that to confuse mm -hmm. the languages of the people because a building a community like everybody speaking the same language and thinking about the same things was so powerful and so dangerous at the same time for the purpose that they were working on, that God himself had to come down and, and, mm. and confuse the languages of the people so they wouldn't, they wouldn't build the tower that would uh, get to heaven. That's how mm -hmm. powerful it is. Imagine if we get a community, the same community, but like for the right reason. You know, let's say we build that community mm. that would go out there and preach the gospel. It would yeah. be so, so powerful that everybody will know about God in like seconds, in minutes, you know? Yeah. That's how powerful yeah. community is. And that's what God, you know, I feel like that that's a community that God wants us to build for the right yeah. reasons, though, for the right reasons. Because when those mm. people were trying to build that tower that would get to heaven, that was not the right reason. And even God decided to come down himself to confuse their languages because the power of community is so strong mm -hmm. that if we use that for the, for the better of the church, and for the betterment of the church and for the betterment of the world, we can do so many things and amazing things that even the world will be afraid of us as Christians uh, uh, if we if we preach the gospel with um, yeah, as a community and, and the way God wants us to do. So, yeah. Well, I love I love how you I love how you bring that out because in um, Genesis chapter eleven, what you're referencing, the Tower of Babel. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um the people get together they said hey we're gonna build this tower we're not gonna let four right. happen whatnot and in verse five the lord mm -hmm. came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built the mm -hmm. lord said behold they are one people they're right. a community they're one people right one people. and they all have the same language and this is what they mm -hmm. began to do and now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them come right go down and confuse their language and it's interesting that Jesus picks up on this theme of one, pe of one people because he prays, as I flip over here in, I believe it's John chapter 5th or John chapter 17. Right. Uh -huh. uh, he prays for us that we'll have that same unity again, but there's a different focus. 
and I want to read it here so don't misquote it. Help me out if you guys find it before me. John 17, I think it's 21. I do not ask on behalf of those alone, but for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah. Verse 11, too. My bad. I'm not, I was thinking 21. You're thinking 11. Yeah, 11 is a good one, too. I'm no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one, even mm. as we are. And so there's a, the, the concept in the Old Testament with the Tower of Babel is that the people were one, but they weren't one with God because right. they were trying to build their plan of salvation, how they were going right. to save themselves from the next flood that God was going to bring upon the people and come down to the end of Jesus' life. Uh, literally in another 12 hours, Jesus will be dead and he's praying to the Father that his people will be one in him and united mm -hmm. with him. And Raul, you brought that out powerfully, that there's power in community. When we band together, uh, look what the entire world right now is. We're facing COVID-19, how the entire world is banded together to try to do something about this. Right. Read the book of Revelation at the end, this idea of globalism and the one world government and that type of thing. Um, that leads us down a path that gets a little sketchy because when God's not the one that's in control, when mm. God's not the head of the community, then mm -hmm. the community is built up improperly and focuses in a different way. Right, right. And, it, and, and it's interesting that, uh, moments before the cross at the very prayer that uh, Jesus prays. And he could have prayed for anything, you know, pray that my uh, people will get more tights, pray that they'll keep the Sabbath better. But no, yeah. the very thing that he prays for before moments before the cross must be important. He prays for unity. And yeah. you know, one is mentioned over and over again in that chapter. And yeah. I find it um, as a uh, challenge to myself as a Christian part of the uh, Adventist church is that the world is unifying on many fronts. And uh, they're even unifying our fronts. It's not even truth. So what is the church response? You know, and it's our time to come together as one. But sometimes as a church, we find ourselves divided with issues that are not so, you know, not so important and, and that we ought not to uh, let divide us. You know, we are impossible. We shouldn't let it divide us. And so I think it's a challenge to us as leaders of the church, you know, to really uh, seek our unity uh, within the uh, sphere of our influence. Following, following what Simu say, like, and if you even think about the reasons why the devil has not overcome this word or, or like God, is because the way he thinks and the way people think out there is in a selfish, selfish way. It's selfishness. Everything's about me and me and me. And once you think, if, if you only think about you, then you're not going to build a community. You'll right. never build a community. Right. But I like God's mentality because, like, he thinks about others and he encourages us to think about other people all the time. And that's the mm -hmm. only way we think about community. And that's the only way. It's crazy. If you think about it, business has struggled to have a team work together. They struggle a lot to have a team work together because a lot of people in, in the same team have different mindsets. And they're only thinking about themselves or what can they get from or what benefits they can get from working in a certain team or working for whatever company it is. That's all they think about. That's why you see the companies try to find ways to have people used to working in teams. But now look at the church. The church is the biggest team you could ever see. Like a lot of people, a lot of people. And yet we still get along and we still get things done 
and there's not there's not any strategy for the church to get along. There's nothing like we don't we don't we don't work that way as business do, you know. But it's because the God God teaches us and the Bible tells us to love people as we love ourselves. So we're not loving ourselves or we're not in the church because of us. We're also in the church because we want to save all the people and help all the people. And that's what makes us a community, which it makes a whole difference between a business or a company and the church. A church thinks about other people and a company thinks about themselves. How much money can they, they can make? How much money, how many benefits they can uh, get, you know? And church only think, is only thinking about saving other people for God, which is amazing. It's a beautiful community. It's a beautiful community. And you take it even a step further and think about how that is really just an image of God himself. Right. Because as God being a trinity um, from multiple places in the Bible, we don't have time full time today to unpack this, but God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a coexistent throughout eternity, uh, mm. who have taken on particular roles within their relationships. And all throughout the Bible, you see God himself, mm. the three in one, totally unified in everything that they do. Imagine being a fly on the wall for the conversation where Jesus is the one that steps forward and says, I've got a plan, or maybe it's the father. I don't know. Uh, but they have ultimately talked about what the plan of salvation is and they've come to total unified agreement about that. And there's power in that. There's no contradiction to one another. I'm sure they have conversations and are, are the, the, where we get ultimately the idea of community, but God himself a Trinitarian God, a God of three persons in one, he's a God that we model our communities afterward. And right. you think about that applied to a marriage and how a husband and wife interact with God and the, the three in one type of idea. Um, there's power when different beings and entities come together. And I believe that's something that God gave, that God created, that he wants us to use, but always use for his glory. Amen. And, um, you know, um, speaking about the uh, community among the Trinity, help me in this thought, but you know, I just was thinking that there was a time where the, the very essence of the community among the Trinity was threatened. And you know, it was at the cross, mm. right? Where, yeah. uh, where Christ is on the cross, and I think it's Matthew and Mark, uh, they, they mentioned the very words that Jesus speaks is, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Mm. So I think, you know, and there was a moment in time that uh, this community was was uh, on the verge of being broken up because for our sake, right? And uh, so, you know, that's just a thought that I had and that I was thinking about in the in the whole, you know, aspect of this community among, you know, God and uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting that he says, my God, my God. So as if Jesus is saying, you know, God the Father, God the Spirit, you know, where are you guys? You know, at this point, <laughs> here on the cross, you know, it's just, and, it's just you know, it, it's just, yeah. this is a trick. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And to think that God would be willing to give up his community so mm. that he could have community with us. Yes. To think that Jesus was willing to be separated from the Father so that we could be together with the Father. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it's Ellen White, and I, I apologize, I don't have the exact reference. Uh, there's a lot of people say Ellen White says a lot of things, but I'm pretty sure she said something to the effect. I mean, can go look these things up before we get on a conversation like this. Um, I think she says something to the effect that Jesus couldn't see beyond the portals of the grave. Right. Like he couldn't see, like he may have known it and he may have known that this plan is going to work, but in the moment 
he was shielded from the 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 all-knowing knowledge of what's going to be taking place after he dies Mm. and so jesus experienced literal death he experienced literal separation from god the father from god the holy spirit and jesus was willing to be separated from god so that we could be with god and he's got no idea until god breathes life into god on that sunday morning that any of this has worked right and he says Mm. no worth it it's worth Mm. it (laughs) and and, you know jesus is the greatest example of community Mm -hmm. and uh, even in john chapter 1 verse uh 14 it says the word became flesh right so in other words uh jesus man he left the community of where the angels praised him where he was sitting at the right hand of god to move into our community of sin righteousness of of, of Mm -hmm. you know of all this kind of stuff and you know so Jesus is the great example of community, man, where he, like he moved out of his community of heaven and moved into our, into our ghetto of sinfulness here. <laughs> it's just, it's just a, blows your mind. Like, why? Why would the, yeah. why would the God of heaven want to, want to have anything to do with us? It's just, mm. now, now, you know, this, this, this aspect of community brings me into all of who God truly is, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. True. True. Wow. But sorry, it sorry. To mind, <laughs> it comes to my mind this question. Since you guys said this, do you guys think that leaving your community in order to get to other people is a good thing or a bad thing? In order to save other people, like I don't know, do good things to other people, leaving your community. Because we are, let's say King is already a community. And we go to church here and like this is who we are, we're seven the Avenues. Some of the people, most, a lot of people that come to Southwestern ended up living here in, in King or Burleson or Cleburne close by, and they go to Elevate, you know, or King Church. Do you think sometimes that leaving your community in order to do all the things is a good thing or a bad thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, in, uh, God has a call for everybody, and uh, sometimes there's seasons where he does call us to leave home, and mm. I know, like, like all of us, we left home to go to school to study theology. Uh, we uh, we left our families for a moment to uh, 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 do other stuff for God, and so yeah, I think uh, there are times where uh, He calls us out of our comfort zone to go and um, uh, do things for Him. But there are opportunities as well where you know people uh, stay within the community because you know that's what God wants them to be. So I think it's just it's just based on I guess uh, case by case, and you know what. Exactly, mm-hmm. purpose and call is for uh, each and single. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. I, I didn't think about yeah. that. Yeah. I think, I, and I'm trying to. Well, while you guys are talking about this, I'm trying to to find the reference, um, and I can't. But the uh, maybe you guys can help me out. The the parable where Jesus heals somebody. Maybe it's the demoniac. Jesus heals a demoniac, and the demoniac's like, Jesus, I want to follow you. I can, can, I, can I go with you? And Jesus says, no, you can't follow me. What mm. you need to go is back into your community mm. and tell people about me. Because mm. I'm not welcome in your community, but you're welcome in your community. Mm. And so if you can go into your community and tell people about me, then we're going to be a whole lot better off in this whole thing. Right. Um, wow. I can't remember where the... Uh, is it Mark 5? Mark chapter 5, verse 18. Okay. Read it to us. Uh, when when he talked about uh, Jesus got into the boat, he who had been uh, demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, "Go home to your friends 
and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Mm. Mm. Wow. And, you wow. know, the thought, the thought struck me, and it, it's frustrating, but there's kind of a, an unwritten teaching that we have in the church that once you come to a knowledge of Christ, that you commit to a relationship with Christ, through baptism, public proclamation, and you join the church, you join the Seventh-day Adventist church or the Baptist church or whatever, mm. that all of a sudden you go through a, a cleansing process and mm. that cleansing process makes you a church person. And now you're told you've got to cut all of your ties with your unchurched friends and you've got to be a part of this uh, particular church and do the things of this church and, 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 and follow on that, but to not associate with your old ways of life. And I think to an extent, that's a good thing to do. You know, it's like a, an alcoholic coming out of alcoholism. Is it the best thing for that alcoholic to be going back to the bar with his friends or her friends? Probably not, right? But for the person that is not a substance abuser and doesn't have harmful addictions, I think that we shouldn't be proclaiming a message where, okay, once you follow Jesus and now you're part of the church, we've got you on the inside and it's great. And we as pastors are going to be the ones to go out and get everybody. No. We've got to, I think, tell some people sometimes, go home to your people and, and, uh, and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you. And I like Semu, the way your version put it, because it says, go home to your friends. Mm. Go home to your friends and tell them about me. And mm. I think as we are developing community as, as faith believers, we've got to be instilling a culture in people that says, yes, you belong. To this greater idea of Christianity and this greater idea of a relationship with Christ and all that, but go home and share Jesus with your friends because mm. you've already got the connections. You're already right. the one um, who can talk to somebody about being in community. You're already the one that um, has the relationship with them. You're already the one that's connected. And so why do you need to hole up in this country club when you can be the one that goes back to where you've come from and share right. the newfound relationship you have with Jesus with other people? Right. Wow. That's, yeah. that's powerful. That's powerful. I, I, I feel like we can get, we can get a really good lesson for my, uh, a lot of seniors that are graduating this year from there <laughs> because like we, like we, some of us came to Southwestern and, and uh, let's say we already had a job. We got everything lined up. We got already the, our lives planned out. And yeah. uh, uh, now we find ourselves going back home even though that was not the plan that we had at the beginning. And uh, I feel like maybe God is trying to do something powerful with us. Maybe it's like, maybe God is like, go back home and talk to them about all the things that I did with you here in Southwestern and let them know about me. So all the people can come to Christ. And that's, that's super powerful because that, that was not our plan. That was not what we thought we were going to do. That was not even the plan. There are friends back home thought that we were going to, to do. But that was God's plans. I mean, it's hard to explain God, yeah, God's will. We just got to follow. Maybe he's trying to tell us, go back home and do what I tell you to do. And then at the end, you will see how my name will be glorified. Right. And, uh, you know, just going along with that, I, I can imagine that the man who was healed by, by Jesus, uh, when he <laughs> asked the question, I want to go with you, he probably was expecting, you know, like, oh, Jesus will say, yeah, let's go. But instead, Christ tells him, you know, go another direction. And sometimes right. you feel like that. And, you know, there are some... Um, uh, graduates I know that are struggling with that, where, you know, they had this whole plan, this whole uh, picture right. of how it would be after, you know, we're, we're mm -hmm. done, we're graduated, we have these degrees and everything was just fall right into place. But 
Mm. Now, uh, you know, the curveball has been thrown. Mm. Jesus, Jesus is telling us, hey, uh, you're not going on a boat with me, but you know what, stay back and, or wow. go, go here and tell your friends. Wow. So, you know, uh, God sometimes doesn't, uh, uh, some, or most times I would say, God doesn't work according to our own thoughts right. our own plans, but nevertheless, his plan is the best. His plan is the best. Right. His ways are ultimately higher than our ways. Yes. Right. His thoughts are, be, are above us and beyond our thoughts. Wow. And I, Zemo, you brought that up about how that has definitely has bearing on what you guys are facing right now in terms of COVID-19 and graduating and are there jobs for pastors? How do you, what's, <laughs> what are you supposed to do, right? You're being called into the field, but is there a position, is there a job? And Jesus says, no, just follow me. Use the influences that I've given you. Lean into the relationships that you have and continue to follow after me every step of the way. And I got you. All right. All right. So I want to ask you guys another question um, that came in and I don't really have a response offhand. So I'm curious to know your just kind of uh, your, your knee jerk um, responses to this question and we'll see if we can find an answer. But somebody asked, how many kinds of friendships are there in the Bible? And I wish we had this person online with us right now um, to kind of <laughs> help uh, flesh that answer, the, to yeah. flesh the question out a little bit more to kind of help us in that way. Um, but I'm curious about y'all's thoughts about how many kinds of friendships are there in the Bible? Oh, I mean, indeed. Uh, uh, going back to the greatest example we find in the Gospels, Jesus had, you know, friendship with uh, the, the tax collectors, friendship with the fishermen, with the, but there's all kinds of, and it, I mean, uh, although they weren't his friends, but I'm pretty sure in his heart, the Pharisees were his friends, you know, the Sadducees, uh, people, uh, people of the church, and, um, you know, and then uh, we have Jesus with the close friendship with uh, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, right? That was a different uh, kind of level where they were very close. He could go to their house, he could uh, feel comfortable, he could rest, he could, you know, probably speak his mind, and, uh, or present himself uh, a different way from how he would usually do it in, in, uh, in the mm. world, you know? so yeah there's a i think there's a lot of level of friendship uh you know that that, that is presented in the bible and um, yeah i'm not sure what the uh, <laughs> what, what the uh, exact uh, uh question is pertains to but uh, i hope i hope the answer is helpful yeah. mm. what do you think Robert? Uh, i think i think uh guys uh and pastors and friends and everything i can call you guys i think <laughs> i think i think that um there's like Samuel was saying a lot of relations a lot of relationships that we can find in the bible that jesus had but there's one one specific relationship that i always like about jesus and that's that's one we can find in um it's mark mark 2 mark 2 from verse 13 to 17 when 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 the bible says um Jesus sits with sinners and eats with them. Jesus will sit with sinners and will eat with them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm glad that Jesus is still today sits with sinners and eats with them. Because wow. if, if it had not been like that, we wouldn't be able to be here right now. If mm -hmm. Jesus wouldn't eat with us, like we wouldn't be able to go to church. We wouldn't have anything, anything, or I would say nothing at all to live with or to live by if yeah. Jesus had not come to this world to eat with right. sinners and sit with them. I, I, I always say, I always say we are all sinners. And I don't know. Uh, it hurts me when I hear some people um, that believe about the last generation theology, you know, and that we are all 
we are all perfect and that, um, you know, we don't need God's grace. But if we're all perfect, then there's no reason for us to be alive. We don't need grace. <laughs> if we don't need grace, we don't need a savior. If we don't need a savior, why are we doing this work? We're not going to yeah, go to yeah. heaven. Like, we're perfect. We're perfect already, you know? Yeah. So uh, I'm glad that even though people have that theology in mind, the Bible can take us back to who we are because he tells us that Jesus eats with sinners and sits with them. And that's, 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 a beauty, that's the best relationship I can ever think of because he eats with yeah. sinners. That means he eats with me and he sits with me. That means he's taking care of me right now because I'm a sinner. Mm. So he, he yeah. eats with sinners and sits with them. That's, that's just the best relationship I can ever think of. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I love that here. you both have, uh, have brought that out. And I think to, to respond to that question um, from perhaps a different lens, how many friendships are there in the Bible? Um, there's an infinite amount because there's so many people in the Bible that we don't know their specific story. You know, there's lists of genealogies and everybody that's connected with them. And I think that in the same way as, we're, as we talk about our relationship with God, there's no one specific way that we need to have a relationship with God in the same way that there's no one specific way that we need to have friendships with each other. We are relational human beings. And just within this circle, I'm going to be friends in a different capacity with Semu than I am with Raul. Not because I esteem Semu over Raul. I mean, you know, I'm just kidding. Raul. <laughs> but in the simple fact that Semu's got different experiences than Raul does, I've got different experiences than the both of you. And Raul, my relationships with you is going to be different than it is with Semu. You both serve different roles from different walks of life and are headed in different directions. And, you know, we're all kind of, we're pastors, we're doing the same thing, but we are relational human beings and we carry with us our experiences and the way I relate to one person is going to be different than the way I relate to the other. So there's not necessarily the golden friendship or the golden community that says, if you just do friendship this way, here's your 14 steps to be an incredible friend. Uh, do community this way. No, just be a friend. Be genuinely curious about the people around you. Uh, look after the things that you have in common, the things you have in different, the things you can talk about and develop that relationship with that person. Um, in a meaningful way. You'd be surprised with what the results might be. It's true. And it's, it's just about being genuine, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. in wanting a relationship with, uh, with with another person, man. Mm. It's, you know, no, having no uh, ill motives, having no, um, uh, having no reason to want, you know, just be friends with them because you want something in return. But it's just about being genuine. And then, you know, and, uh, the level of, of respect and the level of love that, that is shared, you know, within the friendship is so if it's based on the, on that, you know, it should be a great friendship. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, we've exhausted the questions that um, people have submitted um, from this morning. And I want to thank everybody who did submit questions this morning. Um, and for those of you that are watching this afternoon in the live stream or will be watching this later on YouTube or catching it later in our podcast, I'm super thankful to everybody. Um, Semo and Raul, what's your... Um, your last wisdom drops along the lines of this topic as you guys um, are headed out into the field soon to work. And this is um, probably one of the uh, last assignments you have as uh, intern pastors, your graduates now. Um, what do you want to leave uh, for everybody uh, today? Mm. You want to go ahead, Samuel? 
Oh, you want me to go first, bro? <laughs> Was that age uh, before beauty? No, age before beauty. There you go. <laughs> no, uh, you know, um, God has blessed each and every single one of us with the opportunity to um, create community. And uh, we have also had the privilege of being born into a community as well. Our, our parents, our siblings, our families, and our friends. And I think uh, God is calling each and every single one of us, you know, uh, if we go back to the... Uh, uh, the uh, Great Commission. Uh, we may not all be pastors. We may not all be doctors. We, uh, you know, we have all different roles. We all have different interests in what we want to do uh, uh, career-wise, and God has called us to different things. But one thing we have in common is that uh, God does want us to go and share all that he has done for us. And uh, so, you know, as a um, as a gift, you know, to, to God and what he has allowed us to be and what he has allowed, uh, given us, the gifts and talents, uh, in return, our gift to him is, you know, he wants us to go and uh, add to add to heaven, add to the kingdom. And, uh, you know, if we uh, are thinking that uh, we can do all this by ourselves, or we can make it to glory, or we can make it to heaven by ourselves, uh, you know, I, I want to remind you that uh, even in heaven, it's going to be community. You know, uh, the, person that, um, the person that you might not get along with, that, you know, you, you don't want to you don't want to do community with might be your next door neighbor in heaven. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, uh, <laughs> so, wow. so now is the time. Now is the time that God wants us to truly, oh. truly create community. And then, hey, if you can handle, you know, the person that uh, that irritates you, and if if you can, uh, you know, love that person genuinely, oh. you're ready for heaven. You know what I mean? Here we go. So, uh, heaven's gonna be community. So why not uh, live heaven or experience heaven here on earth and try community? Mm -hmm. uh, we are still here. Why you're still alive? Amen. Amen. Um, I, I would say basically the same thing. I think we, we need to um, uh, we need to have in mind and remember all the time that we need each other and we can do things by ourselves. We need each other. We need our community. We need our people. And it's beautiful how the church um, has everything in it. You see, we have doctors, we have nurses, we have businessmen, we have engineers, we have everything. We have pastors. And it's beautiful how when we all get together, we can accomplish so many things, so many things. We can, pastors can bring the word of God to a different level, but then nurses and doctors can bring the healing that the people need mm. in order to hear the, uh, God's word. So in order to do anything, we need the whole team. We need everybody. A pastor That's can right. preach the word of God, but if we don't have a social media guy, that word of God is not going anywhere, you know? Yeah. So we need yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody. We need the whole team on board so we can take the gospel to another level and that we can see God coming soon, as soon as we can. So, yeah, we need each other. And let's, let's, stay, let's, let's stay together and let's stay strong for the coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for your thoughts this afternoon and for everybody that's been watching and listening. I'm going to go ahead and finish this up with a word of prayer bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for uh, the opportunity that we have to come and be community, to practice that right in front of us right here, right now. I uh, want to pray especially for Semu and Raul as they're headed out into um, the great unknown that is life after Southwestern Adventist University, life after undergraduate degrees. I'm so thankful for them and their, their willing spirits and um, their, the calling that is evident in their lives. And I pray that you bless them um, in their endeavors as they seek to serve you in the capacities that you call them to. Mm -hmm. God bless all those that are watching uh, and listening, and may we truly continue to develop community 
in ways that reflect your image and your character. And God, we leave all that in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for listening to Elevate Over Time. I hope you enjoyed this conversation this afternoon. It was such a blessing for me to talk with Raul and Samu about what it means for us to join in community. I invite you to share this podcast with a friend. Maybe there's someone that you know that needs to hear this message and only you can share it with them. And we thank you for doing that. Share it on your social media. Give us a review on any of the podcast platforms. We'd love to hear from you what your thoughts are about this podcast. And as always, look forward to seeing you next time and joining in the conversation.